Hey everybody, this is Keith Loy. I'm the founding senior pastor of Celebrate Church in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and this is our podcast. I just want to say thank you for joining us, and it is my prayer that this week's message will truly encourage you. Enjoy. Good morning, Celebrate. Great to see you today. If you're a guest here or if you're online, my name's Tim, and I'm one of the pastors here, and I am just so honored and just privileged to be a part of this church and and so honored that Pastor Keith has given me the opportunity to open up God's word for you. I'm just so thankful for him and all the ways that he's poured into me and shaped me and molded me over the years. So I'm just so excited to dive into God's word with you. And if you would, let's open up in a word of prayer. Would you join me? Father, we are so grateful for this moment. We're grateful that we get to come here and worship you that we get to open up your word and that it's not just people like me talking or people out of their own opinions, God, but that we get to open up your word and your spirit is going to speak today. It's going to move in us. It's going to shape us. It's going to mold us. And God, our prayer is that we don't just leave this place the same, having heard a nice message or sung a nice song, but God, that you've truly spoken God, may it not be my words or anyone else, God, but you speak today. You move and you shape and you mold. You are so awesome and amazing. And all God's people say, amen. Amen. Well, today we're going to talk about something that I think we all know a little something about. It's called disappointment. Anybody ever been disappointed before? Right? Anybody a Minnesota Vikings fan? Right? Some of you are a little disappointed that now I have a microphone. I'm, I'm really... Sorry about that. But, you know, instead of talking about disappointment, I want to show you disappointment. I I think we can encapsulate it in one thing. I want you to check out this video. Just completed fixing this fence. Pretty proud of it, I'd have to say. Try to keep selling the art. (laughs) And that was Stella. I think we can all relate to that because I think we've all had those moments, right? Where you think it's going to go a certain way and it just doesn't go that way. Disappointment is a natural part of life. Matter of fact, disappointment is just, it's a natural feeling you get when things don't go the way that you planned them to to go, the way that you expected them to go. It's a big part of our life, but the problem is this, that Disappointment can be big. I mean, it can be major moments in our life, moments where it affects our finances or health or those our love we love, or it can be something simple. But so often I see disappointment turn into something a lot worse, something called discouragement. Discouragement, if we look at the dictionary, is where you lose your confidence. It's where you lose your enthusiasm. It's where you lose your spirit. It almost becomes a lifestyle for some people. Matter of fact, I meet people all the time who are discouraged who are ready to throw in the towel. Like, they're just always ready to quit. They're always ready to give up. And maybe you're someone here today and you're discouraged about your finances. You're discouraged about your life. You're discouraged about your friendships or your relationships. And I just want to tell you, I know it can be debilitating. I know it can zap your strength. I know it can zap your hope. I know it can zap the life out of you. And I just want to tell you, we love you and we're so glad you're here. Man, I hope as we open up God's word, this will do something for you today. Because so often... It almost feels like God's people can almost sound like Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh. I mean, you guys remember him, Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh? You know, just, oh, yeah, well, 
I guess that's just what I get in life, you know. And you know, that was a spot-on Ewer impression, right? I mean, that was, that was incredible. You, you get the point, though. You know, I watched Eeyore as a kid, and he was kind of funny. Did anybody else kind of laugh at him when you were a kid? And then you become an adult, and you watch him, and you're like, somebody get him some help. Don't leave him alone. He needs people in his life. Oh, my goodness. In Exodus chapter 6, verses 9, it says that Moses told the people what the Lord had said, but they wouldn't listen anymore. They'd become too discouraged by the increasing burden of their slavery. In Psalms 42, 5, David writes, I am so discouraged. But then he adds later, I will put my hope in God. See, discouragement so often is what gets us to stop what we've started. It's so often what gets us to stop when we're making progress in life. And the fact is, we've probably heard this many times, starters are a dime a dozen, but finishers are what? They're one in a million. Finishers are the people that make the right choices along the way when things get hard, when things get disappointing. And so today, I want to talk about how to be that one in a million. And I want to start by looking at the life of Paul. And if you want to join me today, if you want to open up your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I'm going to be there in just a moment. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I'm going to start in 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Because here's a fact about Paul's life you may not know. Paul faced a lot of crazy stuff. Paul had every right to be discouraged in his life. He had so many bad things happen. I mean, it was just over and over and over again, things would happen in his life. And there's a moment where he kind of lists what those kind of look like for him. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, I'm going to be to chapter 4 in just a moment. But in chapter 11, he kind of talks about some of these things that he's seen in his life. And so I just want to play a game. You want to play a game? Perfect. In your head, I want you to make a little tally mark. If, if one of these things have happened to you recently, let's see how many you can get, okay? So first of all, five different times he says, the Jewish leaders have given me 39 lashes minus one. Basically, they beat me almost to death. I mean, that's a pretty rough one. He, he says, I've, three times I've been beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. Anybody been shipwrecked recently? How about more than once? I feel like after once, I just wouldn't go on boats. Man, I was spent a whole day and night adrift at sea. I've traveled on long journeys where I've faced dangers from rivers and from robbers. I faced danger from my own people, even those who said they were believers but aren't. I've worked hard and long and during sleepless nights. I've been hungry and thirsty. I've gone without food. I've shivered in the cold without enough clothing to keep me warm. And that's just a fraction of the stuff that Paul saw in his life. Man, it is incredible how much Paul went through, but over and over, Paul makes a decision that his God is bigger, that he's going to focus on something else rather than what's in front of him. He makes a decision that I want to talk about today a little bit. See, in life, I said this earlier. That was on there pretty tight. Here's the thing. Did have enough room. Disappointment is a natural part of life, right? We said this earlier. I mean, it, it's going to happen, right? There's moments where all of a sudden you get the call and you didn't get the job, right? Or you get the call and you don't have a job anymore. Man, you get the call that, man, 
the doctor did a test and it's cancer. Maybe there's someone in your life that just leaves you in a way that no one else could, just walks out of your life. Maybe there's something going on right now with your kids that is really disappointing to see them have to go through, to see them make the choices that they made. This is just a fraction, but over and over again, we're gonna have disappointments in our life. But so often I think people look at disappointment and they seem to think that disappointment leads to discouragement. Like it's just a matter of time. Like I can only handle so much, right? I'm gonna just take this certain level and then boom, I'm discouraged. But here's a fact of life. Disappointment leads us somewhere every single time. It leads us... a decision. See, we have a decision that we get to make. The fact is that God has a destiny for our life. God has a plan for our life. God has a purpose. God has an identity he wants you to walk in. The question then is, are we going to walk in that or are we going to choose discouragement? See, discouragement is a choice that we have to make or make a choice against. The fact is, when we face these moments of disappointment, we've got to choose what we're going to do. It's a lot like this. It's a lot like catching on fire. Anybody catch on fire recently? Ever in their life, anybody catch on fire? No one? No one? I've always seen one or two people. But, you know, most of us are a no, right? Most of us have not caught on fire. However, what do you do if you catch on fire? Most of us know this. Stop, drop, and roll! Right? We all learned that as kids, which I don't really get because it's like the one safety thing they drilled over and over when I was a kid. I'm like, how many kids were catching on fire before this? Like, <laughs> I, why is this the one thing we go and drill over and over again? But we'd stop, drop, and we roll, right? Because when you catch on fire, it's a pretty pinnacle moment. You've got to make a decision. Do you want to keep being on fire or do you want to do something about it? Right? Because catching on fire does not mean you're going to get burned necessarily, right? You actually can do things to stop it. And in the same way, when you come into a moment when life gets hard, when life gets disappointing, when life just sucker punches you in the gut, you get to make a choice. Am I going to stop, drop, and roll? Or am I going to let the flames of this disappointment get bigger and bigger and bigger till I'm discouraged, till I'm just out of it till I'm in despair, till maybe I get burned so bad there's scars that I take with me for the rest of my life. What am I going to do? Second Corinthians chapter 4. Paul is going to give us some secrets to defeating discouragement. We're going to talk today about how we stop, drop, and roll. So if you would, if you want to open up your Bibles with me, otherwise it's going to be on the screen. Second Corinthians chapter 4. Paul writes this. Therefore, since God in his mercy has given us this new way, this ministry, we never give up. Another translation says we're never discouraged. We reject all shameful deeds and underhanded methods. We don't try to trick anyone or distort the word of God. We tell the truth before God and all who are honest know this. If the good news we preach is hidden behind a veil, it's hidden only from people who are perishing. Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They're unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. 
You see, we don't go around preaching about ourselves. We preach that Jesus Christ is Lord, and we ourselves are your servants for Christ's sake. For the God who said, let there be light in the darkness, has made this light shine in our hearts so that we can know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. We know we have this light shining in our, cell, in, our cell, in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God, not from ourselves. See, this is the part that is amazing. We're pressed on every side by troubles, but we're not crushed. We're perplexed, but we're not driven to despair. We're hunted down, but we're never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we're not destroyed. Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. Yes, we live under constant danger of death because we serve Jesus so that the life of Jesus will be evident in our dying bodies. So we live in the face of death, but this has resulted in eternal life for you. But we continue to preach because we have the same kind of faith that the psalmist had when he said, I believe in God, so I spoke. We know that God, who raised the Lord Jesus, will also raise us with Jesus and present us to himself together with you. All of this is for your benefit. And as God's grace reaches more and more people, there will be great thanksgiving and God will receive more and more glory. This is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day for our present troubles are small and won't last very long. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen for the things we see now will soon be gone. But the things we cannot see will last forever. Here's my prayer today, that if you're someone here that's, man, maybe going through discouragement in your life, that you're, you're walking through some things, can, can I just, man, my, my prayer is this, that today this is going to be helpful and hopeful for you, that you can get something out of this. And as we dive in here, the first decision we have to make is what? We just said it. Stop. We have to stop, drop, and roll. So the first thing we're going to do is this. We got to stop and remember that God loves you. Do you know God loves you? Turn to someone right now and say, God loves you. So often we say this, right? We know, oh, God, God loves you. Jesus loves you. Man, we even got shirts that say it. But when was the last time we really stopped and thought about that? See, I'm confident that most of us know this, but the thing is a lot of us have kind of lost that feeling inside of us. We don't really feel like God loves us. We're not walking around in that as our identity. And the fact is, when you lose that love and feeling, you're going to be in trouble. In 2 Corinthians 4, 1, it says, Therefore, since God in his mercy has given us this new way, this ministry, we never give up. What is mercy? Let's circle that word mercy if you're circling things in your Bibles. Mercy is God give me what I, mean, what I need, not what I deserve. Mercy is God knowing every sin I'm ever going to commit or ever will commit and yet still loving me, still sending his son down to die for me. And when I decide then to focus on that, it's really hard to get discouraged. I mean, think about that for a second. If I truly understand that God loves me, he sent his son down to die for my sins. He has a place that he's preparing for me in heaven. That's pretty amazing, right? 
So then why would I ever get discouraged? See, every time that I get down, I always ask myself, first and foremost, how's my relationship with Christ doing today? Because the fact of the matter is, if I'm discouraged, that tells me maybe there's something wrong. Maybe I'm not walking in Christ's love and letting him love me and letting him pour into me and shape me and mold me. Maybe I got an issue. I need to do something different. Because the fact for my life is this, that to be discouraged is really to be dischrist. Because when I got him in my life, I get his joy. I get his peace. I get to know that I have a God that loves me. I get to know how the story ends. And so for each of us today then, are we really walking and letting God love us? Are you letting him love you? A lot of people who follow the Lord for a long time, they don't really feel God's love because they only seem to think of God speaking to them in a critical voice. Like it's always this negative voice that's coming in their minds. And the fact of the matter is, my friends, if the voice of God in your life is always critical, it's not God. God loves you so much. Matter of fact, he made us to love us. The number one purpose in my life and in your life is this, not to do good works. It's not to uh, love God back. It's not a lot of the things that we try to do so often. The number one purpose is to let God love you. Because when God loves you and his love invades your life, things are going to change. Things are going to start to develop. You're going to start to be a completely and totally different person. So the question is, are you letting him love you? There's a couple benefits that you have when you let God love you. First of all, I don't have to prove my worth because I'm worthy in his eyes. So I can get off the performance cycle trap. You know, the one where I'm always trying to perform, to get better, to make other people happy. I don't have to wallow in my failures. I don't have to please anyone else. I can be me. When I get that God loves me, I can be who he made me to be. I don't have to be anyone else. In 4.2, Paul writes, we reject all shameful deeds and underhanded methods. We don't try to trick anyone or distort the word of God. We tell the truth before God and all who are honest knows this. Now, let's go back. He says, we don't try to trick anyone or distort the word of God. What is he saying here? He's saying, listen, I'm just preaching God's word. I'm just me. See, over and over again, Paul is, is talking about this fact that he doesn't try to add anything to the word of God. He's just himself. Matter of fact, there were moments where people would talk about the way that he would speak and and maybe imply he wasn't even that good of a speaker or maybe wasn't that captivating of a person because Paul was just authentic and genuine and real. He was just himself. And the fact is, God wants you to use the authentic and genuine and real version of you. If you want to defeat discouragement in your life, you've got to be who God made you to be. Matter of fact, Psalms 139, 14 says, I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. When's the last time you praised God because you were fearfully and wonderfully made? When's the last time you said, God, thank you for making me? See, nothing is more discouraging than trying to be something that you're not, trying to be someone else, trying to wear a mask, trying to play a part, because the fact is you get, it gets tiring. It gets so discouraging because over and over again, you're just trying to be someone else. You're trying to live up to other people's standards. That's discouraging. I don't know if you know this about me, but I was actually the most popular kid in my school. Do you know that? I was homeschooled, for those of you that don't know me. And I was an only child. And it's awesome. Man, I had so so much blessing out of that. But I had some moments where I kind of got 
a little down on myself for a while because, I mean, I'm homeschooled in the country. I'm an only child. My best friend was a dog for like 15 years of my life. I mean, I really didn't have a lot of people around me. So I'd get around other people and I'd be like, man, I just wish, God, I wish I was like him. I wish I was like her. I wish I wasn't this skinny, scrawny kid. I, I wish I had big muscles like him. I wish I was good looking like him. I, I, I wish I could talk to people like they do. Everybody wants to be around them. Oh, I wish I was cool. Man, for years, over and over and over again, I would compensate to try to be like other people, to try to feel good about myself. But the fact of the matter was this, that God loved me for me. And when I let God love me and let him take over in my life, I could love myself because I'm loved by God. I don't need to be like you. God loves me for me, and he has a purpose and a plan for my life. See, discouragement, then, when you get on that, on that trap, discouragement gets in the way of, God, of who God created you to be. God may have a plan for your life that involves you shaping and molding into a totally different person, but he can't because you're too busy trying to be somebody else. See, God can't bless a fake or a phony. He loves you, so be you. If you want God's blessing, then you have to be you. I, I don't know if you've uh, ever heard the story of the gal who went to the doctor. She had terminal cancer, she finds out. They give her just a very short amount of time to live. Man, and, and so she's praying, she's doing everything she can. So she goes back to the doctor a little while later and they say, oh my gosh, it's a miracle. I mean, your cancer's gone. You've got a second chance at life. And so she's so excited. She says, well, if I get a second chance at life, I'm going to be who I always wanted to be. So she goes and she gets her hair done. She gets new clothes. She gets new makeup. She gets a total makeover. Then she goes to the plastic surgeon. And she, man, has some things bigger, some things smaller, some things tighter, some things looser. I mean, it's just trying to get everything the way she's always wanted it to be. After her last appointment, about a week after she'd found out she didn't have cancer anymore, she steps out of the doctor's office, walks across the street, Boom, gets hit by a bus. She goes up to heaven and she says, God, what gives? I get saved from cancer and then I get hit by a bus? What in the world? God says, oh, sorry, I didn't recognize you. <laughs> All right, that, that joke is terrible. <laughs> However, you know what's really terrible though? There's a little truth to that, a lot of truth to that, actually, because I think there's a lot of God's people who God doesn't recognize, who God looks at and he goes, did I, I don't think I made you like that. I don't think I made you to be that. I didn't make you to be like everybody else. I didn't make you to go and try to copy what everybody else was doing. Matter of fact, I, I thought it was supposed to be about being in my image, not in everybody else's image. What, what does Pastor Key say all the time? That when this relationship is right, this relationship is right. But so often, then what do we do? We start here, right? What is everybody else doing? Okay, God, you get the rest. Man, what, what are they doing? Oh, I'll try to be like them. Okay, God, now I'm ready. Now you shape me. Now you mold me. It doesn't work like that. See, God didn't put us on this earth for the approval of other people. He put us on this earth to be who he made us to be. And when you are who God made you to be, God looks down and goes, that a boy, that a girl, that's who I made you to be. The fact of the matter is most of us in life start off as originals. 
but so many end up as carbon copies. When you try to be something you're not, other than who God made you to be, you will get, dis- you will get discouraged. Do you know why? You already chose it. You already chose that path. It's going to lead to discouragement every time. It starts then with deciding to be who God made you to be. And I just want to tell you that you don't have to be perfect for God to bless you and love you. You just have to be authentic. He'll do the rest. So the first thing we have to do is we have to let God love us. We have to make him number one, and it will change everything in the way we see the world. It will change everything around us, especially in those moments when we face disappointment in life. So the first thing we have to do is we have to stop. Stop and let God love us. Stop and spend time with him. Then we got to drop. Man, we got to drop the focus off me. Turn to someone right now and say, it's not about you. And turn back to the person that just said that to you and say, it's not about you either. (laughs) You know, the more self-focused I am in life, the more prone I am to discouragement. The more I'm focused on me, the more I'm prone to discouragement. Every time I forget that life is bigger than I, I'm in trouble. I'm in a lot of trouble. My dad used to always tell me, son, the world doesn't revolve around you. Normally when I was being a brat, I would then think to myself, well, God, I I mean, dad, I don't want the world to revolve around me. I just want Oreos now. (laughs) Listen, he was right. I'm not the center of the universe. And when I really think about it, I don't want to be. That sounds exhausting. Second Corinthians four or five Paul writes, our message is not about ourselves. Two things we can see in this verse. First of all, that our message is not about ourselves. God has a unique life message for you. He puts you on this earth. He puts you on this earth in a place and a time, and he wants to speak through you. He wants to say to the world through you a message, and that message, your life message, is not about you. It's about him. He wants to tell the world about how amazing he is through you, through the amazing things he does through you. And the second thing, though, is our life message is about God. And this this God, this message is so countercultural. This message is so countercultural because everything in our day and age tells us that it's about you. Right? You deserve the best today. You're number one. Look out for yourself. Get yours. Do what's best for me. Follow your heart. Everything in our society, our music, our video games, our TV, our news, tells you that it's all about you. I can't remember the last time that maybe you've turned on uh, the TV or the radio or opened up a newspaper and heard someone say, listen, it's about God, not you. So you're the one that gets to speak that, if that message isn't in the world right now. I know for me, my life sucks when I focus on me. My life's amazing. Like, have you met the people in my life? Like, my wife is amazing. That's a big blessing, right? My, my son is fantastic. I mean, he, he's cool. He, you know, two years old. He's crazy, but absolutely awesome. I get to do this. Like, this is what I do. I get to hang out with you guys. This is so cool. My life's amazing. I have so many incredible blessings in my life. It's almost to find a thing that's not good in my life. It's almost like, where's Waldo? You know, you just got to like, I mean, you just got to really dig to find them. But when I'm only focused on myself, oh my goodness, 
I can tell you tons of things that are wrong because all I'm doing is looking for the things that are wrong and all I'm doing is looking for the things that are about me. And that means then that something's broken in my life because it's not about God. Therefore, everything's broken. This is something I have to work on all the time. When somebody gives me praise, I have to remember it's not about me. When somebody hurts me, I've got to say, it's not about me. When I disagree with somebody, I've got to say, it's not about me. When things go in a way where maybe someone says something unkind to me, I've got to say, it's not about me. Over and over and over and over again. Because the thing is, when I focus on me, when you focus on you, you're going to get discouraged because in, the, in all reality, we're taking a place that was meant for God, not for us. See, the problem when I focus on me is this. I'm the most important person, therefore my performance is the most important. I mean, think about that for a second. If you're the center of your own universe and you fail, like that sounds like a cosmic explosion, right? Like that's a really big deal. I, I, I'm no astrologist, but I'm pretty sure that's how black holes develop, right? Like that, that, that's a really big thing. And if it's all about me, I have to perform. I have to do it all. I can't fail. I can't stumble. I can't show weakness. I have to keep going because it's all about me. But when it's not all about me, I can relax. I, I can sit back because the fact of the matter is there's only one superhuman and it's not you, and it's not me. Somebody say, thank God. Thank God. We get discouraged when we try to do more than what's humanly possible in our lives. When we try to pack in more and do more, it's going to be exhausting. It's going to be discouraging. You can see people all the time who are trying to do too much. Sometimes they just feel this need to perform, or sometimes they just want to be God in other people's lives. So they're thinking, man, if I perform at this level... Man, I'll, I'll really bless them. I can't bless anybody. Anytime you don't live within the limitations of your life, then you're going to get discouraged. When you cram too much in, when you do more than what you were made to do, it's going to be discouraging. See, we all have limitations, and we should live in them. 2 Corinthians 4, 7, Paul says, We now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God, not from ourselves. See, we're all like clay jars. Some of us are big jars. Some of us are small jars. Some of us are really pretty ornate jars. Some of us are a little more plain. But the reality is this, that if you drop a jar, what's going to happen? It's going to break. The same goes for us. See, we all have that thing in common that God is the one that's speaking through us. God is the one whose light is shining through us. But the fact of the matter is, it's in our weakness that God does his great strengths. See, it's his life, not mine. So, relax. It's not about you. So we have to stop and focus on God's love. We've got to drop the focus off ourselves. And then finally, we've got to do what? Roll. We've got to roll forward. We've got to keep moving. 2 Corinthians 4, 8, and 9, Paul writes, We're pressed on every side by troubles, but we're not crushed. We're perplexed, but not driven to despair. We're hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we're not destroyed. Through sufferings, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. 
man, Paul is so resilient. Have you noticed that? I mean, just over and over and over again. And we know, obviously, what he just said, that the whole reason for it is God in his life. But there's another reason as well. 2 Corinthians 4.15. He says, all of this, all these sufferings, is for your benefit. And as God's grace reaches more and more people, there will be great thanksgiving, and God will receive more and more glory. See, Paul's goal was that people would get saved, that would come to know Jesus, and their lives would get changed. It's the reason we're sitting here today, largely because of that. And second, that God would get glory, that God would get glorified. See, when you have pain and you don't see any purpose, it's unbearable. But when you can see a purpose, a good purpose, it's a little more bearable. Paul in Acts 16 has a really, really crazy moment. Paul, as we know, has over and over and over again showed this in his life where he, he stopped and focus on how much God loves him. God kind of stops him, you know, knocks him off a horse. But he, he is so focused on the fact that God loves me, and so I'm going to go love other people. Therefore, Paul is himself. Man, he, he doesn't hold anything back. I'm just going to be me. I'm just going to speak God's truth. And all of a sudden, there's this moment where some folks don't really like that. In Acts 16, he and Silas are preaching, and all of a sudden, some things go wrong. He gets grabbed, and they, they go, and they beat him with rods and throw him in jail. And by the way, if you read this story, it's pretty obvious that, man, Paul probably could have gotten out of this pretty easily by just showing that he's a Roman citizen. You, you see that later in the story. But it's crazy. He doesn't do that because he had dropped the focus off himself. It wasn't about him, right? It was about other people because he's there for a bigger reason. He just doesn't know it yet, and the people around him don't know it yet either. And so there's this moment then where they're sitting there in, in their shackles and they're praising God. They're saying, man, God, you're so great. You're awesome. This is your time. And then all of a sudden what happens? The doors of the prison fly open. Their chains fly off. This is the moment to run, right? I mean, this is the moment where you would just say, yeah, let's go. God's opened up a way. But the thing was, it wasn't about Paul. It says that the jailer woke up. He saw the prison doors were open. He drew his sword and he was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouts, don't harm yourself. We're all here. You gotta wonder if Silas sitting next to him is like, we are? Are you sure we're here? Because I think I'm going. The jailer called for the lights and he rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? They said, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. And then they go and he baptize his entire family. It's absolutely amazing. Here's the thing. God wants to use the pain in your life. He wants to work through you in so many ways. But I think so often I've found that when I'm only focused on my escape, I'm going to take the open door, the chains falling off every time. But when I'm focused on God, when he's number one in my life, there's people that God wants to touch through me. There's people that God wants to touch through my pain. There's always someone out there that God wants to, to impact through you and through what you're going through. That's the reason that Jesus had the, the, the joy to endure the cross. It was you. It was me. The fact is, your greatest ministry in life will come out of some of your deepest hurts. I see people over and over and over again in this church that are loving people out of the hurts of their past. 
And maybe in the moment they were very disappointed or even discouraged and went, man, this sucks. Why am I going through this? But I bet if they look back today, they'd go, man, I wouldn't trade that for anything. I am who I am today because of that. Man, sometimes it's hard to focus on other people, though, when you're just exhausted and empty. It's hard to keep rolling and moving forward when you have nothing left in the tank. A battery can't put out what it doesn't have in it, right? See, some of us are just discouraged because we're tired. Can I just encourage you? Get some rest, man. Everybody needs to take a nap every now and then. I remember for me, I'll tell you what, when I get tired, everything changes in my mind. Like everything sucks. I remember my mom used to tell me, just go get some sleep, whatever. Well, she was right. Man, sometimes you just need to go take a nap. But also, it said Corinthians 4, 16, he says, Paul writes this. He says, this is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our bodies are exhausted, our bodies are wasting away, our spirits are being renewed every day. See, everybody needs to take time to renew their mind, renew their body. More importantly, renew your spirit. Man, that renewal needs to be constant. I mean, obviously, our physical bodies are decaying, right? I mean, I, I'm, I'm still very young, but I'm getting to that point where there's certain things I'm like, yeah, I'm too old for that. I just, it's just not worth it. Like, I just don't want to deal with that in the morning. I'm done, right? But the thing is, we can stay fresh in the midst of it through our spirits. We can't stop the aging process, but we can continue being renewed each and every day. This is why I spend time with God. This is why I get in God's word. This is why I spend time alone with him. This is why I have a life group of people that are pouring into me. This is why I'm being discipled because over and over and over and over and over again, I need to be renewed. I need to hook up the spiritual jumper cables of God's word to my life and let it charge me. Let myself get renewed. And that's something you need in your life as well. It's hard to be stopping and, and focusing on how much God loves you. It's hard to drop the focus off yourself when there's nothing in the tank. So we got to keep renewing ourselves, keep rolling forward and continuing to let God renew us each and every day. But I'll tell you what, sometimes renewal is really hard to do alone. Man, it's really hard to do alone. Can I just encourage you? Don't do life alone. Man, our life groups here are amazing. Get in one. Get around some people who love God and love you. And if you're not being discipled by anyone, man, it's a great time to get, get someone who's discipling you, can walk with you and help you become a, a fully fledged disciple of Jesus Christ. It's so, so, so important. But also, I, I, I just want to encourage you on something. If you're in a place right now where, man, you just are in a dark place, man, you're discouraged. Can I encourage you? Don't do it alone. Come talk to people. We love you. Come let us pray for you after the service. Come let us connect you with some amazing people. Don't do life alone. Matter of fact, there, there are moments then we got to get professional help as well. Right? we got to sit down with people. Chemical imbalances are a real thing. Don't do life alone. Talk to somebody. Let people love you. The thing that scares me the most is that there's people that I, I'm around, they're, that they're, there's people that are going through stuff right now that they're not even talking about it. They're having a hidden war in their mind that they're not sharing. And there's some people then that will sometimes make a long-term decision based on short-term problems. And I just want to encourage you, encourage you, encourage you, encourage you. God loves you and so do people here. Please don't leave this place or, or log off online today without talking to somebody. 
We love you so, so much. Because the fact of the matter, eternity is a really big deal. It's a really big deal. In 2 Corinthians 4, 17 and 18, Paul then, I think, wraps up this passage in such an amazing way. He says, for our present troubles are small, and they won't last very long. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. See, if we keep an eternal perspective, we're not going to be swayed by temporal setbacks. If we truly focus on what God is doing for us in heaven right now, it changes things. I mean, we get heaven. As Pastor Key says, we win. How amazing is that? But I, I think that goes back to the first point. Are you letting God love you? See, it's really hard. You know, heaven's a nice thing, but it's hard to live thinking of that or thinking of that as most important if our relationship with God isn't there. And can I just encourage you, man, if you, if you haven't started one with them, we'd love to help you. Please, please talk to us. Because see, when we get the fact that eternity is real, man, the here and now can be discouraging, but we get heaven. We get to look to that. Nothing else really seems to matter. See, when you get tired, you lose perspective. But then when you really focus on the fact that God loves you and that it's not about you, it's about him, suddenly we get to focus on this fact that we get heaven, we get eternity. When we see life within the lens of eternity, it changes everything because we suddenly realize nothing's going to last long except God. Therefore, we just say, listen, I'm not going to sweat the small stuff. It's not that big a deal within the perspective of eternity. For each of us today, then, as we're, we're coming into this moment where we've got to leave this place. It, it, life is always good here, isn't it? I love being here with you. But, you know, we've got to leave this place, and then there's disappointment out there, right? Some of it's going to, you know, walk outside with you. I mean, there, there, there's just a lot going on in people's lives but that's why over and over and over again, we have to decide when we face disappointment, are we going to choose God's destiny for our lives? Are we going to be who he's called us to be? Or are we going to be someone else? Are we going to choose discouragement? Are we going to choose to let ourselves go down a different path? And so for some of you in this place today, I just want to encourage you, man, maybe it's time for you to let God love you. If you've never started a relationship with Jesus Christ, don't leave. Don't click off of, of online without talking to somebody about what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. Come talk to us. Man, maybe for some of you, you just need to take some time and really think about, man, why is my life about me? How do I get the focus off of me? How do I get around other people who can help me? Because I, I can't have it be about me anymore. Maybe for some of you, you need to make the decision today that you're going to use your pain to help someone else. Maybe there's some, a place that God wants you to serve. Maybe it's just being around other people who are using their pain so they can mentor you and guide you, whatever that is. I just want to tell you today, we love you. We want to pray with you. We can't wait to see how God works in you today.
And if you're someone today that's discouraged, we love you, we love you, we love you. You got people here, come let us pray with you. Let's talk to our God. Father, we are so, so, so grateful for you. We're grateful that no matter what we're going through, you're right there beside us. God, we're grateful that even those who are discouraged right now, you love them and you want to bring them into a place where they're so loved by you that none of this other stuff matters. God, would you just wrap your arms, wrap your Holy Spirit around those who are hurting today? God, for each and every one of us as we go out, help us to decide. Help us to decide to make you number one, to walk in your love today. God, we thank you for how you're going to work in us. We praise you because we are fearfully and wonderfully made. We praise you because of your love for us and the gift of your son. God, you are so awesome and amazing and all together we say amen. Well, thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past messages. And if you like what you're hearing, consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. It helps so much. You know, you can click the share button, take a screenshot and share it on your social stories and tag us at Celebrate Church. For more content from Celebrate and to connect with us, go to celebrate.church. We love you and we believe in you. God bless.